what you're talking about And you say, I know better But you don't know what you're talking about And you say, you Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends This is WKJP News Radio The podcast that talks about the 90s sitcom news radio One episode at a time I am your host, Jordan And with me, as always, is my superstar wife Kayleen Today we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 14, entitled, The Song Remains the Same. I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. Nope, that's the fun. (laughs) That's, oh, there it is. That's the fun. Kayleen, I like to ask at the top, how are you doing? I have a headache. (laughs) I'm sorry? That's just true. Yeah. I don't get headaches a lot, so when I do, I feel like, I have a headache. Are you drinking water? Oh my God. That's all I've had to drink tonight is water. We've been together almost 20 years. How many times have I said, I have a headache? And then you say, did you take anything? Mm-hmm. And then I say, no. Yep. And then you give me pills. And then you say, are you drinking water? And I say, no. <laughs> and then you bring me water. <laughs> it's called codependence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm fine. Good. I'm always fine. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. We are recording for the second time within one week. It's pretty remarkable. This is our full-time job now. It, <laughs> we've, we've quit our jobs. Um, <laughs> so if you guys could also send us money in addition to likes on Instagram. It turns out that likes on Instagram are not actually worth real currency. I don't know if you know that. I have some influencer friends that I think would disagree with you. I must be doing it wrong. You are. <laughs> yep. I don't do social media. It's garbage. <laughs> Find us on social media. Like and subscribe. <laughs> How are you, Jordan? I'm terrible. I know. No, I'm okay. You just had a long day. It's your birthday eve. It is. No pressure, Kayleen. The cheesecake's in the fridge. So, Kayleen, I like to ask at the top, what have you been watching lately? Love is Blind, Japan. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I thought, actually, I was watching it tonight a little bit on my computer, and I thought you'd stop and say something, because I thought you would hear them speaking in Japanese. I didn't hear that. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I just, I watched Love is Blind season two on Netflix in the United States Mm -hmm. and then they shot a season in Japan Mm. and so I'm on the second episode of that it's really interesting to watch the cultural differences in like dating and like in terms of what they feel is really being very vulnerable and uh, the things that they talk about Mm -hmm. Um, even like there's a couple couples that have gotten engaged already and when they see each other, they're so polite. Mm-hmm. And, like, they maybe hug for a second. And in the United States once, they are, like, full-on making <laughs> out. Yeah. Like, they literally see the person for the first time, run to them, and stick their tongue down their throat. I know. Welcome to America. And in, J- in Japan, there was one guy who hugged the girl, and he lifted her up, and they did, like, one little peck on the lips. Mm. I know. Very scandalous. So, yeah. I like, I think dating is interesting, like dating norms. I think if I had to date, I would be very unhappy. I don't want to date. Yeah. If I never had to date again, that would be cool. Dating seems like the worst. Yeah. So. 
this is the part of the podcast where I quote a tweet, but I showed you the one that said, do people in their 30s look at the dating scene right now and feel like they caught the last chopper out of Vietnam? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I look at people using dating apps and I'm like, that looks horrible. Yeah. Like we never did. I mean, I guess you and I kind of both used no. um, OkCupid. Yeah, that's true. Like, I met some nice people on OkCupid. But not Tinder or anything. No, oh my God, no. But then also, like, how do you how do you meet people? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if I didn't have you, how would I meet someone that was someone I worked with? I don't need to know this information. You don't. <laughs> Thankfully, you're right. <laughs> I don't need to know. So, yeah, I'm, I've been enjoying that show. Nice. Uh, I told you that I finished Only Murders in the Building. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was good. It it paid off in a way that was pleasant. Is there a season two? Uh, I think there might be one coming. I feel like I've heard something where Steve Martin said, like, hey, we're working on season two. Mm. But like it ended in a way that would lend itself to a second season. It definitely did. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was just really cute. Like, they have this podcast going, and then... Things happen like the fans start getting involved yeah, you said that. <laughs> and the fans help them like put some more pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. It's really cute. When we watched it together, like I liked watching it. It just didn't grab me that much. Yeah. I think maybe you should keep watching because I think you might end up liking the last few episodes. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's obviously a mystery show, so I don't right. really want to say more than that. But yeah. It was cute. Yeah. I, I had it on in the background. It was not something that needed my full and undivided attention. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we like to ask a question at the top. Am I supposed to have the question? No, I am. And oh. I don't have it. Uh-oh. I have a question. All right. Go ahead. Think of a character on a show when you were growing up that you were very jealous or you really liked their hair. I can think of a couple. So when I was very young, like um, first grade, maybe second grade, I was vaguely aware of the show 90210. Mm-hmm. And in my, you know, little sixth, seven-year-old mind, there were no two cooler men in the world than... Who was it? Um, Luke Perry and Jason Priestley. Mm. Like their hair specifically? Their hair specifically, yeah. I Well, I, I guess. I don't know that I was paying a ton of attention to hairstyles. But yeah, um, I thought they were just very handsome and um, cool guys. When I got a little bit older, the hairstyle that everybody wanted to have was... One of the hairstyles that the boys on Home Improvement had. Oh yes, yeah. parted in the middle. The, yes, the like bowl cut sort of. Yep. Oh JTT. Yep. I had a crush on him. Yep. For so sure. that that was the hairstyle I wanted. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was a really funny hairstyle for boys. I know. <laughs> I know. I always really wanted DJ Tanner's hair. Really? Yeah, it was like curly and long. But then when she got into high school, she cut it, like, in this, like, sassy, sh- short bob. Mm. And I thought, like, yeah, you're your own woman. <laughs> 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 like, your hair doesn't have to be long to be feminine. You can have it cut to your chin. 
Um, but another person whose hair I really liked was Zach Morris. Oh, yeah. On Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Also, Kelly Kapowski. Ah, uh, sure. She had like that kind of floof bang in the front with like the f- side part. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought she was like, there was not a cuter couple in my mind than like Zach and Kelly. Mm. I was always more attracted to Jesse Spano. <laughs> of course you were the smart girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's cute. I'm, I'm nothing against Kelly Kapowski. She was very cute as well, but I was always just like, there's not a lot to her. I mean, there's there's someone for everyone, right? That's right. There's the nerd, the smart girl, mm-hmm. the jock, the bad boy, the cheerleader, the fashionista. I think that's all of them. Yeah, all six types of people. Yeah. <laughs> You're the nerd. Hey. So you're saying I'm the screech? I mean, <laughs> no, you're not screech. I mean, if you had, if I had to put you into a category of athlete, bad boy, or nerd, you'd be the nerd. Oof. Yeah, you're right. I know. I mean, of the girls, I would be the Jesse Spano. That's true. But she wasn't nearly as cringy as screech. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry. These categories are really restrictive and I don't I don't really, I don't appreciate this. <laughs> That's All a good right. question. Yeah, I just think I remember looking at people's hair in the nineties and Sure. Coveting their hair. Sure. As always, reach out to us with your answer to the question or reach out to us if you have questions you would like to hear us discuss. Okay. It's been two weeks since the previous episode we have two new movies at the box office uh the first is black sheep oh yeah with uh chris farley mm-hmm. and david spade that's right yep now i don't think i ever saw black sheep black sheep was the follow-up to tommy boy wasn't it no i think they're totally separate i mean i just mean there are two main movies with Chris yes. Farley and David Spade. Yes. This was the second of yes, the two. Yes, it was, but they're not related. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I ever saw Black Sheep, but I definitely did see Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. I saw Black Sheep, but it was a long time ago. It feels a lot less memorable, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can remember things from Tommy Boy, but if I did see Black Sheep, I yeah. have no memory of it at I mean, all. the plot is... Uh, I can't believe I'm remembering this, like, right off the top of my head. Chris Farley's brother is running for office. Okay. And Chris Farley is an embarrassment. Sure. And so David Spade is tasked with taking Chris Farley and basically, like, hiding him away while the election campaign is going on. I see. Um, I think <laughs> I feel like I just have a memory of them. Like, they were in a cabin in the woods or something, mm-hmm. and they're sleeping on bunk beds, and David Spade is on the bottom bunk, <laughs> and Chris Farley's on the top. And exactly what you think is going to happen happens. <laughs> and I know there's like a scene where he's being framed for arson. Mm. Uh, gosh, I'm remembering this. But yeah, it's very similar to Tommy Boy and the humor. Sure. You know? And yeah. the characters they're playing, I feel like, are very similar. Well, that's, yeah, that's what's confusing about it is that they're not the same characters, but it's the same pairing. Yeah. It's like a buffoon and a guy who's trying to corral the buffoon. That's, I mean. No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, we have another movie at the box office. Did you ever see Broken Arrow? No. 
I didn't either. I get this confused with Black Hawk Down, so I might be thinking of that. Mm. But I think they both involve like military operations. I think yeah, with, I don't watch movies like that. I think with Broken Arrow, it's like a um, a military plane goes down that's carrying like a, a serious weapon or something, and there has to be like a they have to recover the weapon. I, I think that's it. Mm. That's the Broken Arrow. All right, let's get into the news radio episode. All right. We are talking about The Song Remains the Same. This aired on February 18th, 1996. It was written by Sam Johnson, Chris Marcel, Joe Fury, and Lewis Morton, and it was directed by Tom Sharonis. The synopsis is, Beth discovers that she has a secret admirer. Mr. James plays April Fool's pranks in the office despite it being February, resulting in Catherine and Matthew getting green-slimed while a reporter from the Wall Street Journal interviews Bill. Yeah, that doesn't mention anything about the uh, Dave and Lisa and Matthew subplot. Yeah, but that one's kind of a, it's like a D, D line. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, it feels to me like that was the funniest of the three subplots. But I mean, We can it's... get into that later. So in the very first scene, we have a staff meeting at the conference table. Lisa is getting all of the uh, reporting assignments. Uh, Some people are implying or even outright stating that it has something to do with Dave and Lisa's relationship. Right after that implication, Dave says that he is going to send Matthew up to New Hampshire for the presidential primary. I guess this is 96, so it's a presidential election year. Mm. There's also an announcement that a reporter from the Wall Street Journal will be coming to interview Bill. So Bill asks everyone to be on their best behavior. Near the end of the scene, a guy we've never seen before comes by the conference table and tells them that he's leaving. Anyone else have anything they want to bring up? Oh, um, I, I do. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to spring this on everyone so suddenly, but this is my last day. Oh. Yeah, I got a really great offer from an FM station in Connecticut, so I, what can I say? I'm going to miss you guys. And I think I speak for everyone when I say you shall be missed. Oh, thanks, Bill. Your warmth, your humor, and your professionalism have made all of our loads a little lighter from time to time. And, well, good luck to you, my friend. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Well, goodbye, everyone. Bye. So long, now. Who the hell was that? <laughs> I have no idea. After he walks away, they all admit that none of them know who he is. I was thinking, though, Dave has to know who he is. Like, he's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good look to not know everyone who works in your office. That's true. I'm sure he has the details because Beth keeps asking him for the right. details about him. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he should know who Brian is. He should know at least his, like, first name. Right. And, like, what he does. <laughs> right. At the very end of the scene, Matthew runs in. He hops into a roller chair, slides in, and then falls into Dave's office. And Jordan laughs. After the credits, we get the scene where Lisa comes into Dave's office to contest Matthew's New Hampshire assignment. Um, So she's arguing that she deserves to go up to New Hampshire. Dave is saying, we can't do that because we can't have people thinking that I'm giving these assignments because we're dating. Um... (laughs) Kayleen, you called out the line, look, I'm not going to be harangued into rescinding this directive. 
I thought we agreed that I was going to New Hampshire. No, I, 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 I know you were kind of expecting that assignment. I was but... expecting it. You bought me mittens. <laughs> you heard them out there. I can't have people thinking I make my decisions based on favoritism. I deserve this more than Matthew. Look, does. I am not going to be harangued into rescinding this directive. All right, but you can keep the mittens. <laughs> well, thank you. Now, when I strangle you, I won't leave any prints. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell is that? Who wrote that? That is a crazy line. No one says that. No one in my life that I have ever met would String spout those out words together. Yeah, would like spout out those words into a sentence out loud. Totally fine if it were like in an email or something. I right. could see that. Yeah. But no, like you don't I will not be harangued. Even even that. Who says that? No, I know. That's very strange. I know. It's a weird line. He delivered it well. Yeah. He I mean, did. he delivered it like as best as you can deliver that line, but it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I've got a question, a very important question to ask you, Kayleen, mm. which is which do you find cuter? Lisa's purple pantsuit? I know, so Or ugly. Beth's leopard print dress? Oh, the leopard print dress. Yeah. For sure. Lisa, like, is drowning in her clothes. Yeah. Everything she wears is oversized. Yeah. And I get like it's the '90s. That's kind of the style, but yeah, it's not for really unflattering. Mm-hmm. Also, it feels very old for her. It does. It looks like an older lady's yeah. pantsuit. I guess like she maybe she's trying to look professional. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a nice color on her. What would you call that? I was thinking like, no, I hate that color. Puce, lilac. It's like a lilac pantsuit and like a purple. Maroon. Maroon. Cranberry. Shirt, cranberry shirt underneath. Yeah. It's very, I thought it was very Valentine's-y. This is almost like the Valentine's episode to the extent that mm. the show has one in this season. So I thought like, oh, that looks a little bit Valentine's-y. Hmm. So Mr. James runs in happily. You can tell he's really excited about something. And then he meets Bill and the Wall Street Journal reporter. Um, he really <laughs> aggressively tells the Wall Street Journal reporter no comment. Mr. James then convinces Catherine to say the word water, and a bucket of water drops onto her head. Um, I did I did write on here, like, I think black women generally don't like getting their hair wet. Yes. Like, they spend a lot of money to have it styled, and like... That's my understanding, too. Yeah. I was like, that's... And then, do you notice that she spends the rest of the episode, like, dealing with her hair? <laughs> yes. Like, she also has it up in a towel later, which I was like, I don't know that black women do that with their hair. I mean... I don't know. I mean, her hair is relaxed, I guess. So I'm like... Yeah, I don't know one way or the other. Right. And then even at the very last scene, she's like cleaning water out of her ear with a towel. And I'm like... <laughs> Has that just ruined your hair for the entire day? Is that well, the implication? Well, and also like, how, you don't have water in your ears from like four hours before. I wonder if there are like three or four other occasions where she accidentally said water and got splashed again and again that we didn't see. No, because she's wearing her Ungaro dress. Yeah. I thought it was really thoughtful and smart of Mr. James to have a new outfit waiting for her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're a rich person, you can play these pranks and do it that way. It's such a dumb, weird prank. Like. I didn't even know what to make of this whole thing. I was like, I'm watching Nickelodeon all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. Like yes. I used to watch, you can't say that on television. And I totally remembered that. 
And because my brain works the way it does, I was like, why don't they just fucking look up? <laughs> right. Yes. Look up. Like yep. there's buckets up there. Like what's up? What is, what is up there? Yes. Like, there must be something up there. I know. I yeah. know. It doesn't make any sense. No, I know. This is one of the like more magical I, touches yes, in yes, this show. I get it. Where it's I just like, it. oh, okay, sure. Like I just need to accept it. But I was just like, what? what is happening? I think the last note I wrote was is this, was this episode for children? <laughs> I hope not. There's some inappropriate stuff. Yeah, this is I think for kids. Getting sexed up. We'll get we'll get there. So apparently, Mr. James is doing April Fool's jokes, even though it's February. He's doing it that way so that he has the element of surprise. Um, Matthew is at his desk and he notices the the water dropping on Catherine, and he says, "Oh yeah, it's just like in that old show." Um, it's not an old show. It was on at that time. I bet. Or not that much before. He says it's on Nickelodeon. Yes, it was just like that kid's show. Sorry. What he says is it was just like, it's just like that kid's show. Right. Where if you say water, water falls on you. Right. And somebody says, I thought that was green slime. And he says, no, the green slime is only for if you say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then once he says, I don't know, it falls on him. The slime that he got slimed with was different than the slime that they had on You Can't Say That on television. Really? Mm -hmm. I read somewhere once and I don't know what I'm talking about. I read somewhere once that that slime is or was applesauce, oatmeal, and food dye. Huh. Oatmeal, really? Yeah. You think you would see the con- like? You I think don't you think you would see the grain of well, it. Well, it was like ground up. Oh, it'd have to be ground up really fine, I suppose. Right. Right. Because like the slime he got slimed with was kind of stringy. Hmm. Like it had that like viscosity that I don't think the slime had on Nickelodeon. So I didn't go down a rabbit hole, but I walked up to the edge of the rabbit hole and peered in uh, on Wikipedia. Looking into slime. Into the slime stuff. Uh, So apparently in most of the English speaking world, it's just known as slime and it's just kind of a staple of kids shows coming from the tradition of you can't do that on television. And then Nick later on. Uh, But you know what they call it in the UK? What? Gunge. Really? Which is way grosser. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like it word. sounds really close to dung. Yeah. It sounds. And grunge. Yeah. Ugh. Dung and grunge. Like, that's just a really gross word. Grungy dung. Thanks for that. What is it again? Gunge. Gunge. G U N G E. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, so the slime, which is what we'll be calling it because we're in the United States, because <laughs> we're civilized, <laughs> falls on Matthew. I did want to point out that Matthew is wearing a sweater vest. Mm-hmm. Just makes me happy. I, I feel like I was worried that it was a purely season one thing and we would never see more sweater vests, but. He's a lot of sweater cardigans. Mm-hmm. If I, th- I think in this episode, he had a lot of layers. I think he was wearing a shirt, a sweater vest, and a cardigan. I believe you're right. I believe he put the, like, cardigan or the hoodie on after mm-hmm. the slime incident at the very beginning. Mm. So Dave is having Beth clean out the desk of the guy whose last day it was beth finds a bunch of stuff in the desk so she finds like a, a stem from a rose stick so who has ever gotten a rose with a stem that long that's that was nuts that was like a three foot long stem well i've noticed that they do call them long stem roses but even so three feet i mean that was i mean it wasn't it wasn't three feet long it was as long as this table no it was not she holds it up like this yeah. and it's like this long no it yeah. was like a foot and a half. Oh, no. It was not three feet long. No, it okay. was three feet. Listeners, weigh in. This is the important question. 
That stem was ridiculously long. It was a long stem rose stem. They should have left some like leaves or something on it too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so she finds that. She finds a card saying, Beth, I hope I get up the courage to give this to you. Um, And all these things convince her that this guy, whose name was Brian, was in love with her. So she's pretty sure that it's destiny and needs Dave to give her Brian's contact information. Uh, But Dave does warn her that it could be one of Mr. James' pranks. I don't really like Beth, but I liked this subplot. I thought that was funny. I could tell you liked her in this episode. Yeah. You can tell she's having fun with it. I like it when she has business that actually is her business. Yeah. Otherwise, her business is just in other people's business. And it's, <laughs> it's like dumb. Right. In the next scene, Mr. James is insisting that he didn't put any of that stuff in Brian's desk to trick Beth. Uh, Matthew tries to get Joe to open a can of salted nuts. And I just uh, think this little interaction between them is so funny. Ah, uh, Joseph. Joe. So, well, I just wanted to ask you if you might uh, enjoy a salted nut. Uh, try to get on the April Fool's action, huh? <laughs> huh? I open it up, snake flies out, pops you in the head. No, nuts. They're Very nuts. Fine. Very funny. They? Okay, yeah. How'd you know there? Uh, yeah, just good guess. You know, you gotta be careful, though. Sometimes they mess up and put a real can of nuts in with the joke can. No, really? Yeah. What happens, man? You gotta double check. I always check myself. Yeah, but... Cool. I got one of the good ones. That was a lull that I had. Just the idea. The snakes in a can. Oh, sweet Matthew. Just trying to get him to open the yeah. can of salted nuts. It reminds me of our oldest. Absolutely. Like if he had a snakes in a can, oh. he would still be like, can I interest you in a nut? Yep. So uh, Joe turns it around on him and actually gets the snakes to fly out at Matthew by convincing him, you know, sometimes they actually put a real can of nuts in there. I've heard that's true, actually. (laughs) So next there's a conversation between Dave and Lisa about New Hampshire. Um, Lisa basically saying, I deserve this more than Matthew. And Dave saying, Matthew is perfectly competent, that sort of thing. I love the juxtaposition of having Dave and Lisa in the foreground talking about how Lisa should go there because of what an idiot Matthew is. And in the background, he's trying to stop. Oh my God. That was really funny. Yes. That was, that was really funny. (laughs) I can't believe it, but Matthew is really growing on me. Yeah. I can't. Like, when I, I really didn't like him in season one. And even now, like, I fucking hate his gags where he falls <laughs> at the beginning. Falls. I, yeah, I just think they're stupid. But, yeah, he's pretty funny mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. He's got his moments, definitely. Uh, Matthew also tries to offer a salted nut to the Wall Street journalist. If you work at the Wall Street Journal, are you a Wall Street journalist? Yes. You're a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I love the way he says, how about you, dear sir, salted nut? (laughs) Bill slaps it out of his hand and says, sorry, my father died of a nut overdose. (laughs) In the next scene, Beth is with Joe and Catherine in the break room. They're talking about the stuff in the box. Uh, So they find a Steven Seagal movie ticket stub. Uh, Joe seems genuinely offended at the mention of Steven Seagal. What about this? A ticket stub from Hard to Kill? Yes, we both went through our Steven Seagal phases at the exact same time. (laughs) Steven Seagal, that fat fraud's a disgrace to the martial arts. You know that now. But back then, we were just crazy kids. 
Um, just, I don't even know who that is. Um, you would know him I'm if sure you I saw, saw him. picture, yeah. He's an action star from the 80s. Mm. I mean, the joke about him now is that he has been fat for 25 years, like way overweight and mm. kind of like... To what he was in shape in the 80s and then... Yes. Like most people got older and gained weight. Yeah, everybody I mean, does. It happens, yeah, but like right. he has not been in movie star shape sure. for 30 years. Um, there's also a really great video where he's demonstrating his quote-unquote judo skills, but he's just got a bunch of people, like young karate martial arts people coming at him, and he like bats them out of the way, and it's so clear that like, they oh no, they're, they're like, taking falls. Like, oh, sure. they're absolutely, he's not like lifting a finger to really do anything to them. Mm. So, so Beth is going through each of the things in the box and telling... Uh, Joe and Catherine about why she and Brian were meant to be together, how they don't know him like she does, and so on. I love that he's trying to quit for her. Yeah. That was a lull when she <laughs> finds the cigarettes. Yeah. But you know what? I'm sloppy too. Yeah. Except for why does she have to put the gum in her mouth? Yeah, that was gross. Yeah. That gum didn't look like gum. It looked like a rock. I know. But you remember when she's taken the gum out of her mouth before? It's like, oh, what is that? Yeah, that's true. It's like big league chew. Just a big wad of yeah. vaguely purple crap. I wonder if they still make big league chew. I don't know. I think they do. Or like bubble tape. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In the next scene, Catherine has written up some questions about New Hampshire to decide between uh, Matthew and Lisa, which of them should be going up for the primary. So Dave will be quizzing them. I love this scene. I just, I oh, think that it's was, so yeah, funny. No, it was a good scene. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, so Dave has a little quiz show going. Um, Matthew's the only one who buzzes in. I just love that he's really consistent about yeah. buzzing in as opposed to just answering the question. It reminds me of you in some ways in that, like, he took it very seriously. Yes. And I feel like you would take, if you were in that situation, you would also be like, <laughs> Um, actually, uh, I'm going to challenge that answer. I'd like to challenge. Right. Yes. Uh, so he names six leading Republican candidates for president. Bob, Pat, Steve, Lamar, Phil, and Dick. Mm-hmm. Do you know any of those? Bob must be Bob Dole. Right. right? Pat, Pat Buchanan. Probably Pat Buchanan. Steve Forbes? No idea. Lamar is Lamar Alexander. He was the governor of Tennessee. I know he was kind of in the mix hmm. at the time. Phil, no. Dick is maybe Dick Gephardt. No. I know that name from politics in the 90s, but anyway, it was just funny the way Matthew rattled off all their first names. There's friends. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Matthew knows all the answers. I just love the way he answers the questions. Um, but he's not, like, boastful no. or, or, like, smug about it, which no. I think is really nice. Yes, yeah. Um, and the way he sort of, like, corrects things, like, oh, actually, uh, she's referring to the latest Gallup poll, but there's a new one out of Dartmouth, right. <laughs> like that sort of thing. It turns out Matthew has a lot of relatives in New Hampshire who are always calling to talk to him because they're shut-ins. <laughs> that was a weird line. It was a weird line. Um, my favorite part of the scene, hands down, though, is when Lisa accuses Matthew of cheating. The final question. What is the Concord... Coalition. It's a coalition of voters. <laughs> In Concord, I don't know, why don't you just ask Herb Stemple here? <laughs> 
It's the anti-deficit group that criticized Dole for supporting tax cuts and not having a clear position on Social Security. He's cheating! I, he is! No. I know, I don't Lisa. know how, what kind of, kind of freaky, Matthew-esque way you're doing it, but he's cheating! Ah, screw this! <laughs> she just throws a little fit and throws the cards and stomps out. It's so cute. I just, I think it's so funny. I also like that Matthew doesn't seem to really understand the stakes because he was like, well, what do I win? <laughs> and right, Matthew's yeah. like, and Dave is like, well, you get to go to New Hampshire. And he's and Matthew's like, no, no, I can't. Turns out Matthew refuses to go to New Hampshire because he can't leave his cats alone. I mean, some people are pet owners like that. Mm-hmm. His cats are sound pretty nasty. <laughs> they do. It's called responsibility. Wake up and sniff it. That's weird. That's really weird. In the next scene, Beth is still going through all the stuff on Brian's desk. She finds a ticket stub for David B. So she thinks that's either David Byrne or David Bowie. Either way, he's cool. For years, I didn't know who David Byrne was. Like I didn't until my college roommate told me. Like He listened to David Byrne a lot. So and David I, Bowie, right? Yeah, but I knew who David Bowie was before because of Labyrinth. Oh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, when I moved in with my college roommate into an apartment, he listened to David Byrne all the time. Hmm. And saw him in concert, I feel like, a few times, too. Uh, Dave tells Lisa that she's going to be going to New Hampshire. Uh, She asks why, and he says, apparently if Matthew's away from home for more than 30 minutes, his cats start plotting against him. Her comeback is, and people say, you're whipped. So it, I didn't catch it for years that she's referring to being pussy whipped because they're cats. Oh, God. I think that's true. I think that's the wordplay there. I I don't know. Okay. Listeners, weigh in. I, I think I'm right here. <laughs> okay. You always think you're right. That's why the studio audience laughter goes on just a little bit too long, is I think they're like people sort of like catching up to the, the play about the cats. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Catherine comes over and finds out that Dave is giving the assignment to Lisa and suggests that uh, Lisa really sexed him up during lunch. And Dave, you know what, just goes along with it. He just says, yep. That's right. That's what it was. I wrote this down and it's funny because I feel like I say this stuff all the time and I'm so not a prude, but that is so unprofessional and (laughs) gross. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the fact that like he would even take it and take it one step further. Oh, and if I were Lisa, I would be mortified. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Just it feels like here the, the jokes got ahead of the characters and like they thought, oh, that would be really funny if he like goes all in and says like, yeah, we did. Definitely. I just, I still think this, this show just doesn't think about a power dynamic at all. And that, that bugs me because like you can't act like Dave is this really great boss, but then he's also like socializing with everyone. Like, He's not their boss, but then when it's convenient, they all gang up on him because he is the boss. Yes. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. No, you're right. And I think that's just not something that got play in the 90s. You know, like people were not thinking about it explicitly in terms of power dynamics the way they are now. Yeah, probably. The difference between 25 years ago and now, Right. right? So, yes, I do agree with you. I don't know that I would have thought about it that way before, but yeah, no, I agree with you. In the next scene, Bill is talking to the reporter, uh, a guy in a gorilla suit with a bunch of balloons skateboards through the office. Bill doesn't even bat an eye. The reporter is basically saying, like, there's something weird going on in this office. Like, so what's going on today? Something strange is happening. Bill's chair starts hovering what in the, the air. What was that? That was the weirdest one. That was what? the one where it's like, this is 
totally like, taken we're, out. We're Willy Wonka land now. Like, <laughs> we definitely are. Yep. We have had the fizzy lifting drink. Yes. And we are just. Yep. We're the Oompa Loompas. Like. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a step too far for me as well. Not that it wasn't funny because it was funny to see Bill just like completely not react to it. Um, and I love his explanation, which is that uh, it's a special radio chair, trade secret. <laughs> but yeah, no. I don't think we especially yeah. needed that complete break from reality. So the reporter leaves, telling him he can probably get Bill onto the front page. Bill is uh, very proud of himself. He says, in these veins, nothing but ice water. And the water drops onto his head. Uh, doesn't even bother him. He gets on the phone with his agent. So Mr. James is congratulating Bill on maintaining his composure, and the reporter comes back in, and you can tell something is about to happen because everybody in the office is standing around watching the reporter come back in. And sure enough, the reporter asks if it's hot in there and starts stripping um, and dancing This guy was so clearly not a stripper. I mean, like, the actor who played the reporter slash stripper did not know how to strip. No. Like, Like, male strippers don't bounce around like that <laughs> i'm speaking from experience tell here. us more Kayleen. so normally what they do is they remove their shirt slowly mm. to go build on suspense. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of being a little slinky a little slithery he's trying to like he's too fast shimmy. i don't know he's not being sexy mm. from my understanding based on that chris farley sketch they also leave the bow tie on so yes yeah Yes, that's uh, true. Yeah. So Bill vows to get Mr. James back for this. And when Mr. James asks him how, Bill says, I don't know. And then he gets the slime on top of the water as well. In the final scene, Dave and Lisa are leaving for dinner. They ask if Beth wants to come, but Beth wants to be alone with Brian's desk. Uh, the guy from the first scene comes back in and Beth grabs him and pretty passionately kisses him. That was a good kiss. Oh, yeah. That was a good, like, she laid it on him. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. I've been very clear that, like, I'm a big Maura Tierney fan. I'm very, I find her very attractive. I thought Beth looked really good in this episode, too. <laughs> like, if I just wandered into an office and someone who looked like Beth grabbed me and kissed me, I wouldn't be mad. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm married, so it would be, like, weird. I'd probably have to tell you. <laughs> That's fine. But I wouldn't be mad. That's fine. You'd be confused. I would be very confused. Uh, she says, oh, Brian. And he says, uh, my name's not Brian. And as this is happening, an old kind of dumpy looking guy comes in and asks who cleaned out his desk. I thought that was pretty funny. That was a pretty good ending. <laughs> so that must have been Brian. And I like the look on Beth's face when she yeah. puts two and two together. Yeah. And that's the entire episode. Kayleen, what did you think of this one? It was so weird. Like there were things that I liked. Like I said, I liked the Beth subplot. I actually liked the uh, Matthew and... Lisa trivia thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I even didn't hate the idea of Mr. James doing April Fools in February. <laughs> I, you know this about me. I don't like if you're going to do magic in a show, then it has to be magic. And if you're going to do like not magic, then I need to understand how everything is being done. Sure. And so I don't like the fact that I don't believe that these actors couldn't just lift up and see buckets of water and slime on the ceiling and like right avoid them like we're just supposed to believe that they can't see that or like what the fuck was that chair i just Mm -hmm. like that was whatever like i said i it reminded me of that show from nickelodeon i'm sure i think is what it was supposed to do i mean it clearly was like trying to model itself after that show a little bit yeah um which 
again, is weird because the people who would be watching news radio, would they have watched that show on Nickelodeon when they were growing up? Like, was it for those, like, generationally, does that make sense? I believe it does. Hmm. So, again, this is me, like, circling the edge of the rabbit hole, peering down in, like, should I jump in? Should I not? But um, You Can't Do That on Television was a Canadian show that aired at the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that old. Yep. So it was on in reruns. It got basically licensed by Nickelodeon in the 80s. So to the extent that American audiences saw it, it was a few years old like that. Okay. So my guess is like, yes, someone like Dave might have been just a little too old, but yes, it's roughly in that Gen X mm. time frame. Mm. Like it was a fun episode, but I was also just like, I think I wrote a couple of times like, what what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like what is happening? Yep. And that is a strain of humor that goes through this show where they're just like, they just get like weird and kind of not magical, but kind of like surreal or mm-hmm. off the wall in that kind of way. Like that's mm. just a thing that, will continue to happen. This is the first and clearest example I think we get of the show being like that. Like silly. Silly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just doing things for the humor of it as opposed to like keep trying to keep it grounded in some sort of reality. I still really don't like Dave and Lisa's relationship. Mm. I just, I find it so annoying. I don't want to hear about them being sexed up. <laughs> I Yeah, or like the, co- or their coworkers like speculating yeah. about, their relationship or how that bleeds into the office. Like, I don't know. I just, I wish they would just break up. I wish that they didn't have that relationship in the show. And I get, I get why they do. Cause it just adds another dimension or it adds another point of tension, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. If there were no romantic relationships between any of the main characters in the cast, I think that would feel weird too. I think sure. we would be sort of like, these are all like yeah. young, single, youngish, single people right. working long hours together. Like, why aren't they developing crushes on each other? Well, I still said season one, I still think Beth and Joe hmm. make sense together. Yeah. I still think they make sense. Hmm. And they're kind of on to me like the same social step. Yeah. You know. All right. So log yeah. that prediction away. <laughs> So I think this is the first mention we get of Matthew having cats. Mm. Matthew being a cat person is a thing that will come back just in the sense of like, that is a character trait of his. I'm trying to think about other recurring gags. Um, we get another mention of Mr. James's wife candidate list. It's down mm-hmm. to 20 now. All right. All right. Now it is time for. Yo, it's the nineties. I only have two. I have two as well. You go. Whipped. The word whipped. I just remember when they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember calling my friend whipped Mm -hmm. when he had a girlfriend and she would want him to do something. And he was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. But Um, that comes from the term pussy whipped, right? Like whipped is like the polite version of that. I get. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes when we talk about the 90s, I, for me, I think of it more as nostalgia. Like, what makes me nostalgic? Like, oh, what sure. do I hear that makes me like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I just remember people using that word. It's definitely not something I hear day to day among my, you know, age cohort. No. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> if someone said that to me at work, like a male friend, I would be like, 
That's all right. Like, what? what? How old are you? Yeah. And then the mention of showgirls. Yes. So Mr. James's line is, that sweet girl from Saved by the Bell, she did a dirty movie. Right. Yeah. Did you ever watch Showgirls? I actually did. Not that long ago. Like really? A few years ago. Yeah, I remember that it was supposed to be like so scandalous. Like it was, there was an X-rated version yeah. of it or something. Um, I think they released it on Netflix or something. I can't remember, but I, I, I saw it was streaming. So I was like, I'm going to see what this is about. It is, it is a very mediocre movie. Yeah. Like it's not terrible. I don't think Elizabeth Berkley, like, or people are, she was awful in it or her acting. I mean, it's not good, but it's not bad. And it's also not so graphic or explicit in my opinion. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Lots of boobs. Yeah. I know that I've seen like scenes here and there, bits and pieces. I've never seen the whole movie. Um, I thought it was supposed to be sort of campy. I don't really remember. I don't think I was watching it closely. It's yeah, not a movie that takes itself seriously, I thought. But at the same time, I do remember it being sort of a big deal that that was one of the first things she did after Saved by the Bell. Right. Mail. Well, she did that on purpose. Right. She just, she really swung the pendulum too far the other way. Right. And did that, did that kill her career or did she decide not to do, did she decide to leave acting? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. You know who came out of Saved by the Bell, I think, with the best career? Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez, yeah. by far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so I have the reference to Showgirls as well, but then I also have the fact that uh, Beth's favorite book that oh, the Brian firm. also has yeah. is The Firm. Yeah. Yeah. I never read that. I did not either. I read The Runaway Juror. No. What was the other one? Pelican Brief. They're all the same to I me in my same. head. Yeah. yeah. One of my good friends in like middle and high school, he read tons of John Grisham and like Michael Crichton books. Yeah, they were so popular. Mm-hmm. They were so unbelievably mm-hmm. clever. But they're in my head, they're such dad books. I know. I, I think I tried to read a couple of them and I found them so boring. But this is because like they're legal thrillers. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, great. Well, in that case, it is now time for the game. The game. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Here we come. So, as you mentioned, this episode of News Radio takes its cues from You Can't Do That on Television, mm-hmm. a kids' variety show that aired on Nickelodeon in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. For the game today, we will be doing other Nickelodeon shows. Oh, that was what I suggested, I it think. It is, and I didn't have the... Uh, wherewithal to come up with a different topic. (laughs) So what I wanted to do was come up with specifically shows that were created by Nickelodeon. Okay. As opposed to like licensed by them. Sure. Like there were a bunch that they, you know. Sure. Had and aired but didn't create. And I wanted to have some that you would have seen if you had changed the channel from news radio to Nickelodeon. So these are all ones that are airing around the time 
of this episode of News Radio. So about 96. Okay. Maybe. Well, to be fair, I wasn't watching Nickelodeon then, and we didn't have cable, but we'll we'll do our best. Okay. Um, I did not pick any that I thought were super crazy hard, and I'm aware that you didn't watch as much Nickelodeon as I did as a kid. The only yeah. reason I saw Nickelodeon was thanks to my friends and my grandma. Sure. I only saw my grandma once or twice a year. <laughs> Did you even see her, or were you just watching Nickelodeon No, the whole time? we ate cheese balls and watched Nickelodeon. <laughs> and then she and I would watch Golden Girls. That's nice. Yep. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. This animated series focuses on the surreal life of an anthropomorphic Australian immigrant wallaby. Oh, I know. I rec- I Rocky's, R- Rocco's, Rocco's World. You're Rock, so close. It's something Rocco. Something with Rocco. Rocco's life. Rocco's oh, world. You're so close. The I'm gonna life give, of Rocco. I'm going to give you half a point. What is it? That would be Rocco's modern life. Okay. Yeah. I had to dig deep in my brain for that one. That was that good. That was not a show I've ever seen. I just... Oh, I watched that a lot. Never seen it. But in the theme song, which was performed by the B-52s, I learned. That's kind of hmm. cool. Um they say Rocco's modern life over and over and over. Mm. So very nice. Question number two. This series centers around two brothers, both with the same first name. Pete and Pete. Can you be a little more specific? Oh God. The adventures of Pete and Pete. Very good. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was one that I only ever saw at my grandma's. That is one that sticks out in my brain as like one of my very favorite shows when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like up there with news radio in terms of like my top 10 favorite shows yeah. of all time. Like it was so weird and so funny and so... I remember there was a grown up that guy who wore red pajamas. Mm-hmm. He was like a sort of faux superhero or something. That would be Artie, the strongest man in the world. That's right, yeah. Who was Toby Huss, who played Junior, one of the security guards in the show. In news radio. It's the circle of life. (laughs) I don't know how it goes. (laughs) Question number three. This series is set on the fictional Bar Nun Ranch near Tucson, Arizona. It portrays the lives of the ranch's owner and his teenage summer employees. Hey, dude. Very good. You got it. Yes. Wow. Oh, I could man. see you digging deep to get that. Yeah, out. I'm having to dig for all of these. Very I were nice. Grandma's house, man. I watched a lot of Hey Dude, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. One notable thing about Hey Dude is that it featured Christine Taylor, who is later the wife of Ben Stiller. She was the female lead in Zoolander. Right. Yeah. yeah. They she's been in a lot of movies with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh the theme song for you should drop this theme song for Hey Dude in here because I think I think the end of it goes Hey Dude. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> does. Yes, yes. All right. Question number four. This game show had children compete to retrieve historical artifacts in a temple protected by mysterious Mayan temple guards. Legend of the Hidden Temple. That is correct. Very good. I loved that one. Yeah. That was a good one. I liked that as well. They had like the different teams. They got to wear the re- the shirts, like the yes. silver monkeys. Yep. Like the red parrots That's or whatever. Right. Yep. yep. 
uh, children had to perform physical stunts and answer questions based on history, mythology, and geography. Question number five. This show followed a teenage girl who acquired mysterious superpowers, including telekinesis, shooting electricity from her fingertips, and the ability to dissolve into a mobile puddle of liquid. I have no idea. Was it animated? It's live action. I have no idea. That would be The Secret World of Alex Mack. Nope. Did you ever watch that Never one? Never even heard of it. Okay, I did. That was with Larissa Olenek, who was later the lead in 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm. She was the younger sister. Wait, the lead in 10 Things I Hate About You is Julia Stiles. Who was the older sister. The younger sister was Larissa Olenek. Oh. I guess they're co-leads. I don't know. I would say Julia Stiles is the lead in that movie. I stand corrected. <laughs> Question number six. This animated series follows a fourth grader with an unusually shaped head. Doug? <laughs> Is that your guess? No, because you laughed. A fourth grader with an unusually shaped head? Doug doesn't really have a weird shaped head. I don't think he's a fourth grader. So the, like, there, there's nothing wrong with him. He doesn't have like a deformity or anything, but the way his head is drawn is sure. weird looking. He gets called football head. Right. I, that's why I was like, does his head shape like a football? See, and then I keep thinking about family guy and Stewie's head, but that's not. Oh yeah. But there, his head is also shaped like right. a football. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. That would be Hey Arnold. Oh, right. I've never watched that show. You know, I saw a few episodes. It was never my thing. Yeah. I've never no. seen it. Question number seven. This series follows two best friends in Chicago. One clever and mischievous one optimistic but dim-witted. The pair later starred in a movie together, Good Burger. Oh, um, well, the guys, he's on SNL, Keenan Thompson, Keegan, Keenan Thompson, and that other guy. They both have K names. I know. Is like Kellen? No. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Like, I remember that. I, I don't know the other guy's name. I'm going to give you have a point that's Keenan and Kel. Oh, it is Kel. Okay. Yep. Keenan and Kel is the name of the show. Yeah, so like you said, Keenan Thompson went on to be a very long-running cast member on SNL. The latter voiced T-Bone the dog in Clifford, the animated show. Hmm. You remember our oldest watch yes, Clifford? Yes, And T-Bone? Sure. Keenan Thompson, I think, is actually now the longest SNL cast member. Is he really? Of all time, I think so, yeah. Hmm. Question number eight. This animated series follows an insecure 11-year-old with a vivid imagination and a trademark green sweater vest. Doug. Doug, that's right. <laughs> I was like, he he's 11. He's a little too... Well, wait, how old is a fourth grader? Maybe he's... Nine. A... Oh, okay. I always think of fifth grade as 10. Oh, Okay. And then I just like go from either right, side of that. Right. So fourth grade would be nine, sixth grade would be okay, eleven. Yeah. I don't know if that's always accurate. I don't but... have a good sense. If somebody says that they're like, I don't know, eight, I'm like, I have no idea what grade you're in. So then I would think third grade because I would count down two from fifth that grade. That makes sense. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Speaking of good theme songs, I really like the Doug theme song. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, that's right. Question number six. This series follows the campers at summer camp, Camp Anawana. It's not Bug Juice, is it? No. I think that was on the Disney Channel. Yeah. I don't know. That would be Salute Your Shorts. Oh, God. Did you watch that one? Yes. Yes. These are things I have not thought about in a long time. I know. Sure. Uh, so it took me years to realize that Camp Anawana is supposed to be Camp I Don't Want I Don't Want to. Wanna, yeah. yeah. I was not allowed to watch that one. That my, my mom thought that was too rude. The idea of saluting your shorts, like underwear up a flagpole. So <laughs> I didn't get to watch that one. All right. Final question. Question number 10. This game show had audiences guess what would happen when children or families were placed in unusual situations. Contestants would often be hit in the face with cream pies in a variety of complicated and zany ways. I feel like I this is like tugging at some memory. Yep. Like, I thought you were going to ask about uh, Double Dare, mm. that TV show. Hosted by Mark Summers. Right. Like, Mark, he's, he hosted all of them. <laughs> yeah. When you say it, I'm going to know it. Well, obviously. But what is it? That would be What Would You Do? Was that one of the later shows? I mean, it's supposed to be a right about 93 to 95. Huh. All right. That is the game. How do you think you did? I think I got five out of ten. <laughs> I think you did even better than that. I no think way. this was a good game no, for you. I, I don't do. think I don't know. All right, you got <laughs> You got five out of ten. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yep. I think I'm I'm nothing if not consistent. Excellent. I got two half points in there. Yeah, so. you did. Yep. Nice. My brain feels really dusty. <laughs> So now is the point in the episode where we recommend. Keelene, do you have anything you'd like to recommend? I do. You're going to roll your eyes. Get ready. I'm getting them warmed up. (laughs) Get some blinks in. (laughs) Um, I'm going to recommend taking medication (laughs) because I don't have a headache anymore. And I gave you two ibuprofen before we started. You did. And they made your headache go away? They made my headache go away. Yeah. I am a relatively medication-averse person. I think it's better to err on the side of being medication-averse than to medically medicine-inclined, I guess. Growing Um, up, my family, my parents would take, like, Tylenol PM, like, every night. Yeah, no. Like, I I just, just, no. I don't want to... Even now, like, my mom takes a caffeine pill every morning. Yeah. And I don't like taking medication every day if I can help it. Um, like, when I was pregnant, there were certain things I had to take every day. But I think that it feels it, it feels stupid to sit and be uncomfortable when you can take a pill and feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also true if you are somebody who has, like, mental health challenges. It's astounding how I have in our own family and I have good friends that have experienced taking medication, changing their quality of life dramatically, um, more than they could have even predicted. So if you are somebody who is struggling 
think about taking medication because if you're like me and you don't really want to, sometimes it is, it's good to be open to it. That's my weird recommendation. It's not that dissimilar from my recommendation last week about taking care of your feet. Like, Hey, if you're like uncomfortable, yeah, yeah. there are things you can do. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there are certain people that are kind of just inclined to, well, this is just what I have to deal with now. And I'm so that way in so many ways, but I'm not that way when it comes to like, if I have a headache, I'll take ibuprofen. (laughs) Whereas like, as long as I've known you, you're like, I just have such a headache. I know. I ask you like, have you, there's like basic over the counter medicine for that acetaminophen or ibuprofen or whatever. And no, it just doesn't occur to you or you're averse to it. Yeah. That's my little recommendation because now I don't have a headache. Nice. So my recommendation is a very Kayleen recommendation. My recommendation is buying birthday cards throughout the year as you go along. <laughs> that is a Kayleen recommendation. So one one thing that I do is I really like to send people birthday cards on their birthday. I'm not perfect at it, but like those long-term friendships I have where like, oh, you and I have been friends for 20 years. Like I want to send you a birthday card. I don't want to just like call you or text you or post on your wall on Facebook. Um, but I hate picking out birthday cards and it feels like a chore every single time. I'm just like, oh, I got to go to the, got to go to Target and I got to spend 15 minutes and none of these are right. And like, uh, uh. I don't know if that's me. Uh, is, that what, is that what you are like in the card aisle? That's my brain, yes. Okay. That's my brain all the way to Target. So my recommendation is when you're in a bookstore or a coffee shop or any cute little place that often has a rack of cute little birthday cards, just pick up two or three hmm. and put them in a box. And then you have a box full of cute, friendly, often funny, often much better than what you're going to get yeah. at a Target yeah. birthday cards. That's and a good, then and you're supporting a small business. You're then, supporting a small and not business. Target. You're planning ahead. You're doing something nice for the people you love. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to get mail and a card. Mm-hmm. And then you just have them there and ready. And so I did this with our local bookshop not that long ago, and I just sent one to my friend Jeff, and it was the perfect card for him. Oh yeah. Because I you can sort of do this like knowing like oh this would be good for so and so, but you can also just have like a bunch of like really nice cards ready to go. So I like any recommendation that's like takes even minor stresses out of your life. And this is one that I realized actually is going to help me. I actually got this recommendation kind of talking to the cashier at that bookshop. I was just saying to her, yeah, I needed to pick one up for so-and-so who has a birthday next week. And she's like, yeah, I just pick up like two or three. And I was like, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. She's like, yeah, I have a box full of them. So I guess I should give her credit. Yeah. So that's a minor thing you could do to make your life better. And also just send people cards. They're nice yeah, to get. Send people mail. Yep. I had that idea that I was going to send more mail in 2022. I have not sent any mail yet. <laughs> There's still a few months left of the year. Oh, yeah. We're still, we're still early. Okay. That was the point in the episode where we say our favorite moment. Kayleen, what was your favorite oh. moment from the episode? Oh, new new one. We did this last week, but oh, okay. I know we're still getting used to it. Um, I think, honestly, my favorite moment was when Beth is like, I found these cigarettes 
and then as she finds the gum and she's like, he's trying to quit for me. I don't know why. I just, I just thought that was really funny the way she makes up these like stories in her head or this narrative, because like I, I can kind of relate. I feel like I make up narratives in my head that like they feel plausible. (laughs) And soon you're spinning this whole story about something that you have very shaky evidence on. Yes. Yeah. Um, I liked that. I also liked when the journalist started to strip. Oh, really? I mean, he wasn't a good stripper, but like, I liked that unexpected. The surprise of it. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. I I have said this already, but I really like, um, I really like the Dave and Lisa and Matthew triangle. I can't decide between the conversation they're having about Matthew. Dave tried to argue how competent Matthew is when he's trying to stuff the snakes back into yeah. the can in the background. No, I, I think that that's really good, but it doesn't hold up to the quiz show in the office. That's my that favorite. Was a, that was a good one too. That's my favorite moment. And Lisa's little hissy fit is just so adorable. So yeah, that's my favorite moment. So Kayleen, uh, you get to pick the scale this week. I know. And you almost you almost stepped on it actually. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my uh, measuring increment, my U- unit, my unit of measurement, are uh, runaway snakes in a can. <laughs> <laughs> runaway snakes in a can. Yeah. Great. On a scale from one to five, runaway snakes in a can. What would you give this episode? Uh, three point two. There are parts that I liked, but on the whole, I didn't. I don't know. It was somewhat entertaining, I guess. Nah, it was fine. Okay. I'm going to give this a 3.9. Hmm. Um, this, I think, has three really decent subplots. I just like each one of them. Sometimes you get a subplot and you're like, oh, God, we're going to spend five minutes on this nonsense between whoever and, you know, who cares. But I, I liked all three subplots. They didn't really come together to make a something larger than the sum of the parts. So... It's not a like top tier episode, but I really do like it. And mm-hmm. I also like that there's good use of everybody in the cast. You know, not everybody is central. Yeah. But everybody has at least one funny line or they have something to do. Mm-hmm. Like we get f- humor from Catherine and we get we get a lot of humor from Beth. And mm-hmm. even Joe's got a c- couple of funny lines. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that they didn't leave anybody out. So 3.9. The last thing I want to say before we end is... If you are enjoying our show, feel free to rate and review it. So the standard place to do that is the Apple Podcasts app. That's where we've historically recommended that you do it. Um, I think we have several ratings, which is just like the numeric one to five, but I think we only have one review. So if you're liking the show and want to go say something nice. Or not nice. I would rather you say something nice, but listen, I'll, you know. Just be honest. Speak from your heart. (laughs) Only from your heart. As long as your heart is full of love toward us, speak from your heart. (laughs) I still think we've got to have at least one or two hate listeners. Oh, yeah. We love you, too. (laughs) Um, I also want to say that Spotify now allows you to rate podcasts on their application. So if that is the medium you use to listen to our show, uh, give us a rating on Spotify. I believe you can't do that unless you have listened to several episodes of the podcast. They just want to make sure you're not oh, sure. rating shows you don't listen to. The other thing I want to say that maybe not everybody knows about is I have a Spotify playlist where I put in songs either from the show or that we talk about on this podcast or that I use, for example, for the game music. Hmm. So I try to keep that up. 
If you're ever like, oh, I like the song preceding the game, I always list the name of the artist and the title of the song in the show notes for our show, but you could also just go to our Spotify playlist. If you just search WKJP News Radio, it really? comes up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I talk about like a new number one single, I'll throw that in there. Last week when they listened to Wichita County Lineman, <laughs> Wichita Lineman, I put that in the pos- I put that in the Spotify playlist, so I'll have to check that out. I didn't even know you did that. Yep. And I'm the number one fan of this podcast. Are you? I don't know. <laughs> Can you be a number one fan of yourself? I mean, do you think you're more of a fan of the sh- our show than I am? No, you were you were the biggest fan. That's true. I'm your biggest fan too. Oh. That's nice. I'm your biggest fan. Okay. So, for next time, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 15, entitled Zoso. What are these titles? Does Zoso do anything for you? Zoso? Z-O-S-O. Z-O-S-O. So we've had In Through the Outdoor, The Song Remains the Same, and Zoso. Am I supposed to cut something here? Uh, it's, I... When it clicks, it'll click. It's not clicking. Okay. It's tick, 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 ticking. It's not sticking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sticking or clicking. <laughs> on that note whatever note that was that's all from us this week for WKJP News Radio this is Jordan and Kayleen signing off the theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot you can check them out on Spotify Bandcamp Apple Music or wherever you find new music Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.